In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sermon text today is our Old Testament lesson. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our bones are dried up. We look at our churches and see that there are less here than before. We examine our communities and we notice how many help-wanted signs there are and see where once thriving businesses have closed down. And even where there is hope and renewal, one year it seems squashed the next year. Our bones are dried up. Expenses keep increasing and mounting. Stocks are uncertain and values are declining. Schools are struggling. Businesses and employees stretch thin. And community groups fighting to stay open. Wealth is dissipating. Livelihoods are threatened. Supply chains are still unsettled, and people's health and wellness are facing many challenges. Lawlessness is increasing, and population growth has slowed. In some places, it has even declined. Our bones are indeed dried up. The Israelites' bones were also dried up. Their hope was failing. They had cut themselves off from God's word, from God, when they were in Jerusalem. God provided his word to them. He spoke to them, but they didn't listen. Prophets like Jeremiah warned them that God's wrath would soon come upon them. He called them to repent, but they didn't listen. They cut themselves off. They chose to worship other gods. They chose to do other things. They forsook God's word for their own wisdom. And for this, God had judged them. He took a group of them into captivity to live in a foreign land, to live in Babylon. Jeremiah would even write a letter to these exiles so that they might have God's word in exile. And God raised up Ezekiel to likewise speak to them in exile. But rather than listening, those in exile pinned their hopes on those who remained in Jerusalem, certain They would join them again soon. But eventually, God's patience wore out and he destroyed Jerusalem and abandoned his temple. Most survivors were forcibly taken to Babylon to live there. It is in exile that they begin to see their true situation. They have nothing and they are nothing. They have no power or might. They have no strength. They are people who can do very little to change their outcome. All their works have been crushed and destroyed. Jerusalem has been burned. The temple has torn down and plundered. Only the poorest people remain until they flee the country. The land lies fallow. The wilderness and wild animals reclaim the city. The land promised to Abraham is empty. Their heritage in ruins. Indeed, their bones are dried up. They're drained of strength and vigor. What hope can there be? When we look to man, there can be little hope. When we look to our abilities and our progress, it fails and falters. 
Where solutions do come, they're too late for some. And for the rest, they're only temporary. Death is put off until another day, but it still comes. The grave still consumes us. Many people today pin their hope on technology, on human ingenuity and progress. We can reshape the course of humanity and breathe life into our dead bones. Technology does give us the illusion that we can shape the world in our image and according to our desires. And to a certain extent, we change the world and even our bodies shape them in new ways or according to our desires, but the limits of such are showing. We can only go so far. The limits of our technology and resources are shown in all the things we cannot do and cannot control. And not only that, but life can't be extended much further than it has been. Nor can it replace human interaction and love, despite such inventions as a kissing machine. This hope fails us. But there is one hope that doesn't fail. There is one hope that can deliver. There is one source of life and renewal, a source of water that doesn't dry up the Lord God. He speaks and he does. He promises and he fulfills. And today we see the power of his word. We see the power of God. We see how God confronts our problem. We see how God answers our dryness. Our sin has brought us to this point. Our rebellion from the creator and the source of life has left us dry, thirsty, and in want and in need. Our sin has separated us from the spring of life. We deserve to be dead bones piled high. We deserve to be buried and entombed. We deserve to have nothing, to lose everything, to be cast away in exile and abandoned. But even though we are dead, buried, and in exile, God doesn't abandon us. He continues to work for us. He continues to fight for us. God enters our world of death and need. He enters our world our dry and thirsty world. And he pours out himself. He pours out his blood and his life. Jesus becomes the parched one. He becomes the thirsty one while pouring out his life for you and me on the cross. He pours out his righteousness and holiness he pours out the very life you need. He bleeds, suffers, and dies on the cross. He gives everything he has. He gives himself to save you, to rescue you. Jesus sacrificed for you. He poured himself out for you so that you wouldn't remain thirsty and in need. He gave so that you would be restored. Brought back to life just as Lazarus was, but even better than Lazarus was. He came to bring you everlasting life that cannot be taken away from you. 
He came to fill you up with his goodness and his righteousness. He remembered you. He valued you. Rather than forsake you or forget you, Jesus came for you. He spoke to you. He breathed life into you. He sent his spirit to you. He poured out himself. And now you live. On the cross, Jesus' blood and water flowed out of him. He thirsted, but he still poured out life from his body. This life you received and still receive when you hear his word. His word brings him and the Holy Spirit to abide with you. Jesus makes his home with you through his word. And where Jesus abides, so does the Father. For this reason, Jesus established the pastoral office. For this reason, he sent forth apostles and prophets. He instituted this office to have his word and message sent into the world. He gave the gift of apostles, prophets, pastors, and teachers, and commanded them to prophesy, to speak God's word to us, so that we would have this stream of life, this life stream delivered into our ears and our hearts regularly. And these he sustains and feeds with that same word. But not only does he do that, God saw to it that his word would be connected to water and that through such he would connect us to himself. God poured out life to you in that blessed stream. He washed you in the death of Jesus. He has connected you to his life that overcomes death. You see this in the raising of Lazarus. You hear it in Paul's epistle that we are no longer condemned on account of Jesus Christ and that we have life given to us by the Holy Spirit. And you see it in Ezekiel. By God's command, the dead are raised. By his command, their bodies are put back together. By his command, his people are reconstituted. God's word goes forth and life is given. God's spirit descends and breathes into people hope and renewed vigor and strength. This is what happened at the cross. See how Ezekiel prophesied and there was a rattling, a loud sound. This word doesn't just reference the loud sound, but the action of shaking. And this is exactly what happened at Jesus' death. He shouts and dies and the earth shakes and many holy men are raised up from their tombs, broken out of their graves. God's death and resurrection brings them life. These dead bones live. Jesus' work restores them just as Ezekiel foresaw. God did bring the people of Israel out of exile and back into the promised land. He raised up that dead nation of Israel and reestablished it. And so too, he promises to raise all his people, you and me included. He speaks and a loud sound and quaking happen and we are raised. He is our hope. And in this world where death otherwise runs rampant, 
Here is our hope. God. Christ Jesus has died and risen. God has spoken and done it. Fear not, O you, his people. God will raise you. He can do it. He has done it. Already now, you are alive. Already now, you live. Already now, God has rescued you and redeemed you. You are his. He claimed you and washed you clean. He has poured his life into you. And he will sustain you with his precious you are blessed. You are holy and pure. You have his abundant life poured into yours. And you have his certain promise that he will raise you from the dead. For not even death and dry bones can keep him from restoring you to full life. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.